Hello and welcome to the Nursing Standard podcast. I'm Stephanie Jones-Berry, Head of Features at Nursing Standard. This episode of the podcast explores why so many nurses have a spooky story to tell. When Nursing Standard asked readers to share their ghost stories, tales of things going bump in the night flooded in. So many, in fact, we couldn't fit all of them into one article. Spooky things have happened in hospitals, care homes and patient homes. Nurse readers have told us about seeing apparitions, nuns, grey ladies, figures walking past second floor windows and bright lights, encountering unexplained scents and breezes, hearing noises and all sorts of objects apparently moving on their own. Doors have slammed, lights gone off, taps turned on, monitors bleeped and they have heard strange sounds and voices in deserted corridors and buildings. So what is it with nurses and ghost stories? Why does every hospital seem to be haunted by a past patient or long dead matron? And do these tales of hauntings and apparitions serve a wider purpose? Joining me to discuss this topic is expert guest Kieran O'Keefe. Fans of ghostly happenings and the supernatural may be familiar with the work of Dr O'Keefe, who is one of the few parapsychologists and applied psychologists who studies haunting experiences. Dr O'Keefe is head of the School of Human and Social Sciences and Associate Professor of Education and Research at Buckinghamshire New University. He was a regular on Living TV's Most Haunted, and earlier in his career, he was a nursing assistant in mental health. He will be offering his thoughts on this fascinating topic. Hello, Kieran. Welcome to the podcast. It's fantastic to have you here. Can you start by telling listeners a bit more about yourself and your career? What is a parapsychologist? Yes, so quite simply, a parapsychology is the scientific study of the paranormal. But of course, the paranormal is quite a broad subject. It can mean many different things, including yetis and Loch Ness and alien abductions and UFOs and various lovely, wonderful subjects. Parapsychology is only focused on uh, a few things, though. Uh, Telepathy, precognition, clairvoyance, which are examples of what we would call ESP or extrasensory perception. PK, which is the movement of objects with your mind, psychokinesis. And then lastly, hauntings um, and poltergeist research. And in the world today, I would estimate there are probably around two or three hundred parapsychologists at most. And out of those two or three hundred, there's only about five percent that study hauntings and poltergeists. And that is my area of expertise is looking at people's ghostly experiences. Let's move on to talk about nursing itself. You spend a lot of time in your own work talking to people about unexplained events. Have you heard many ghostly stories from nurses or about nursing? I have, and it's mainly because of being a parapsychologist, but also because of being involved in nursing in the 90s anyway. So I was based at a number of different hospitals and one of the hospitals Hither Green Hospital is a hospital that goes back to the late 1800s and a, f- a fabulous looking building. It's not open as a hospital now but at the time a few wards were open and I just remember doing a few night shifts there and sitting around and the conversation would turn to ghost stories. Do you remember that time you know with Bill where we were all sitting here and turned around and said oh just go back to bed Bill. Um, And before he would have had time to go back to bed, we heard an alarm go off, ran out and he was lying in bed and he had passed, passed away. And that's, you know, just a fleeting example. And it was told when I was sitting there on a night shift at at Hither Green Hospital. But it was creepy because we're telling the story in that environment where you're already in 
the night shift where it's very, very quiet and all the patients are asleep anyway, or some of them are um, not asleep but waking up. But it's a cre- it's it's a somewhat creepy atmosphere when you start to tell ghost stories. Otherwise, it's just a, a peaceful atmosphere. So, yeah, I've heard many stories um, being involved in nursing, but also as a parapsychologist. You know, some of my favourites are the ones that um, people tell or nurses tell about individuals seeing things in their room at that point of death or just as they're about to die so the classic one is the nurse that was on a on a shift i think it was in woolwich actually woolwich hospital on a nursing on a night shift and hearing a noise come from one of the rooms and she went in as the gentleman was screaming it was an oncology ward and he was at the far end of the bed saying don't let them get me don't let them get me and a chill went went down her neck and he was pointing and she turned around and she saw a black mass up in the corner and as she saw that he died and that's not very comforting it's not no that's not very comforting (laughs) absolutely that's quite you know a negative experience this whole idea of this kind of black shape and this don't let them get me yeah horrific experience but others you know and there are lots of those death what we call de- deathbed visions that uh individuals have you know for quite a while i i worked on wards call them care for the elderly now and kind of end of life and you'd have those deathbed visions of individuals kind of reaching out um for somebody and, and a smile appear on their face as they recognize somebody and nurses reporting that sense of presence as it was happening almost mm. as they were they were sensing that there was something in the room so yeah lots of stories what's the spookiest ghostly story that you've heard that's set at a hospital or in some kind of health setting you mean other than the one with the men uh, yes. don't, let, don't let them get because I, <laughs> that that even yeah i can even feel the hairs going up on the back of my neck when i think about that to be honest i I'd heard lots of stories, but actually it was the story that I'd worked with um, the colleague Danny Robbins on his podcast, Haunted, and it was the story based at the old Middlesex Hospital, um, Bridget, who was a nurse there, and she tells a story, and it's a group of nurses reporting the same experience, and it's poltergeist activity, so there was a, a patient called Les who died, and it appeared as though he carried on haunting his room because the nurses reported poltergeist activity. So the files and papers that were in the room being strewn around the room, a couple of them reported the apparition of him and also the sense of presence, but also not noises and groaning to the extent where the reason why I find that particular story most fascinating is because you it's not just a single nurse having the experience. It's a group of nurses having the same experience, seeing these objects flying around, one thing, seeing, for all intents and purposes, an apparition, but then also seeing a weird light anomaly. I think they all reported at some point seeing a kind of light move across the corridor. And if one person had that experience, you could start to explain explain it away and, and look at natural explanations. But because a group of nurses on that particular night shift all saw the same thing and all reported it, it makes it so much more evidential. So, yeah, I think that's probably one of the best ones that I've heard. How did that get explained away then by the investigations that took place or did it not? <laughs> there were elements of it that were, in my mind, explained away. I I always approach these cases with a little bit of boyhood glee 
thinking that I'm a detective and I'm trying to find the suspect um, in the case. And I think in that particular case, a lot of the poltergeist activity and a lot of the noises that were coming from the room pointed to the cleaner who was, uh, you know, very devoutly religious and a few things were happening in the room and Bridget, who was the key nurse, the key eyewitness, she was saying, I think that's the presence of Les and people were questioning it. So they're questioning the authenticity of what she was saying and saying, oh, you know, don't worry about it. But then things started to happen that were a little bit more tangible and evidential, like the things being strewn around the room or noises coming from the room. But the, this particular cleaner was always around at that particular point. And I don't think that necessarily she was doing it to kind of fake it and and be like a con artist i think she was doing it because she genuinely felt that there was the presence of les in that room too but that she wanted other people to believe it and the only way that she could do that was by increasing the phenomena that was happening and so that was my particular explanation in that case but you'll even hear there's some exchange that happened with danny and myself and we even talk about it since it's, it's the episode called the night shift two episodes called the night shift and we even talk about it to this day because there's still a few things there that i'm struggling to find an explanation for and the light one is a particularly odd one the light kind of going across the corridor they all saw that and it was the way bridget describes it is they kind of looked at each other and went did you just see that now if one person saw it and said i just saw a light move across the corridor did you see that you could mm -hmm. you could talk about suggestion you could say she's implanted that idea in people's minds for it to happen and then their memory of it and they remember back and it's kind of a false memory and lots of psychological explanations but the fact the way she described the encounter was that all the nurses just stopped they kind of looked at each other as if to say did you all just see that and kind of that realization that they'd all seen the same thing and i can't explain that and how, how long did this continue for after he died um no i think it was i think it was several months i can't remember exactly how long it was but i'm sure it was for for several months it went on for and i think it was because of that because it went on for you know a, a few months that it made it more significant so in terms of my talking to nurses both in in work but also as a parapsychologist it wouldn't be unusual to have you know a few fleeting experiences that had happened after a patient had passed away but then that was it and then it would just be moving on and yeah. somebody else would be in the same bed and then you'd be you know straight away caring for others and so it kind of be that would be it but here you've got a circumstance when it went on for a few months so in my mind it made it more significant and do you think that hospitals or healthcare settings are are more likely to be haunted or for people to experience these kind of events and if so I why yeah, I think there's two things. I think the hospitals, first of all, let's just tease apart the, the history of some of these buildings. So especially some of the older hospitals, they go back to, you know, being um, constructed in the 1800s and even, you know, at a time when they would be building hospitals and there'd be a you know a, a big mental health side to some of these hospitals and i think that particular history can often prey on people's minds the fact that even though now it's a hospital there's no there's not necessarily kind of an emphasis on mental health or there might be a, a single ward for example but generally the whole hospital has gone from what they used to call mental asylums to a hospital that kind of 
that element preys on people's mind, I think. But not only that, you just get the history of the place. The way some of these hospitals look in terms of these old Victorian hospitals, and then when the lights go down and everything goes quiet at night and you're just hearing people roll over in their beds or, you know, make noises in their sleep that creates an atmosphere too so so that's one part of it i think the other part of it is the fact that um people pass away you know um i always say wherever people have lived laughed and loved there's the potential for them for there to be ghosts um and it's no truer than in a hospital you know some of these people are going through quite traumatic experiences and they pass away other people are going through very, very comforting experiences. They're getting amazing care from professionals, especially end of life care. And there's a, you know, it's a, a kind of a, a lovely caring and comforting period. And then they pass away. So there's lots of significant experiences that these people are having. So if you take the paranormal side of it and say, well, it's not surprising that some of these people come back to this environment, even if just fleetingly, to kind of show themselves again or to 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 want to visit it again. I, I don't find that surprising. But then there's the other side of it, which is the psychological side. Because you have the care, because you have people passing away, that's the psychology that makes ghostly experiences rife. It almost feeds the experience in a way. If you have people who are involved in a profession where the patients that they're dealing with are passing away. So I think there's a, there's a, a lot of factors at play. And then, of course, you bring in the nature of some of the shifts that some of the nurses have, having done night shift myself. And that, of course, can play havoc and create hauntings when there aren't, in fact, hauntings there at all. That moves on nicely to my next question, which is why Why do you think so many nurses have these tales to tell? Is it to do with the working at night or do you think yeah, being I so think, close to death? I think it's both. I think it's being, I think it's exactly that, being so close to death. And I think maybe part of it, even though, you know, we've talked about a few scary stories, the vast majority of stories that I have heard have been more comforting and more kind of acknowledging that that somebody has just come back almost to say goodbye and maybe you you know for, for the reason why we hear a lot of these stories is because there's a comforting aspect for nurses you know it's 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 potentially a way of dealing with the death of some of these individuals so that could be one part of it i think the other part of it is potentially the nature of the shifts so it's no surprise that majority of these experiences are reported on night shifts and if you're doing a lot of night shifts back to back, there are a number of possible reasons why you could potentially start to hallucinate. You know, we talk about something called hypnagogic hallucinations and hypnagogia is a word that talks about the in-between state between um, waking and sleeping, where effectively your dream imagery gets mixed with your real imagery and people then report auditory, so hearing or visual hallucinations and auditory hallucinations are not uncommon. At a, you know, about 70% of the population have had an auditory hallucination as a result of a hypnagogic experience once in their life, at least. You know, how many times, for example, have, have listeners gone to sleep at night, may have heard their name called out or that sort of thing. That's a hypnagogic hallucination. Now, when you're on a night shift and you've done many night shifts, you could quite easily slip into that state, although you're not lying down going to sleep. You can have, of course, what we call myclonic jerks, where 
you are so exhausted that you you literally go to sleep for a second and your body kind of you know comes out of it and of course you're you're creating all these potential um hypnagogic experiences then and i know because i worked some of these um, hospitals in southeast london and you know was just um, amazed and in awe of some of the nurses i met who were doing you know a lot of shifts back to back Bridget, for example, in the, the night shift story that I was telling you about, the story start when she had just uh, coming to the end of a seven night um, ser- a series of night shifts, seven nights in a row. Exhausting. Yeah, long stint. And, and, you know, and a lot of these shifts can be very long as well you know and you find yourself in a situation where you might be doing night shifts but then you might be drawn into having to do a few hours in the morning handover if not everybody turns up you might have to do extra shifts it's it can be exhausting work and i think you know the very fact you you tie in kind of flipping this the body clock to have to cope with night shifts also can have an effect so yeah i think there's loads of different factors but i think the key one is about those night shifts and and how that can prey on your mind so more likely that nurses might have an eerie encounter sort of during the night than, than during the day. Yes, I th- I think so. And it's um, it parallels the wealth of experiences that people have outside of hospitals and nursing where people report having experiences at one, two o'clock in the morning. For example, you know, like a, a peak time when it's, when it's quiet, it may be sleep related, it may be in a darkened location whatever it is um and so it's not surprising that nurses also have their experiences or the bulk of experiences would be at the same sort of time over that nighttime period and kind of two o'clock in the morning being a particular um peak and maybe the reason we hear about more stories from nurses is because they they're doing night shifts mm. you know that maybe that's a, a, another reason and in terms of special times of the year, I mean, obviously we're drawing towards Halloween. Is that a special occasion where people report more ghostly phenomena, or is, is... yes, it, it is a special it is a special time of year, and for obvious reasons, my busiest time of year, but particularly special time of year, and and I think it's only because the nature of Halloween and because Halloween kind of you know it, it kind of takes over the media at this time of year that then it's natural for nurses to start talking about ghost stories because halloween is kind of in their minds at that particular time there's another part to it though so halloween yes particularly prevalent time when people are telling stories but also potentially because all of that is on their mind there's a huge suggestion effect which means people might have more experiences generally but also as we get to the end of october and then november december we're into the winter months and these are the darker months and it's it's less likely for people to have experiences in the summer months you know it's it's bizarre but i but i tell you know i tell people it is a seasonal job that <laughs> there are less happening over the summer months it's almost like the ghosts are taking a holiday but yeah the winter months when it's darker and you know it's uh, gets darker earlier as well and sometimes the weather doesn't help as well when you're in a in a in a in a night shift and it's breezy and windy and raining outside it all adds to the atmosphere if nurses listening or some nurses who may have had these experiences want to port them do you do you pick these these stories up do you are you interested in hearing from people about things yes i would yeah absolutely i would i would love to hear 
from people. I'm based at Buckinghamshire New University and I don't mind sharing my link, but I can be easily found on um, bnu.ac.uk. But also if people aren't comfortable contacting me, there's the Society for Psychical Research, which you can easily find on the internet. And they have a committee and kind of a national group really. So they can call on members any part of the country to go and investigate a particular case or to go and take down somebody's story um, that's reported. So yeah, more than happy to be contacted or like I said, the society are also very interested in these experiences too. Brilliant. And um, and what about Twitter? Do you have a Twitter handle people can follow? Yes, yes. At Kieran O'Keefe, Kieran C-I-A-R-A-N, O'Keefe, O-K-E-E-F-F-E, and it's all one word, at Kieran O'Keefe. Um, so you can follow me on my Twitter account where I keep people up to date with my research, um, but also any of the media stuff that I'm doing as well. Okay, fantastic. Well, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you about this. So thank you so much for giving us your time and uh, expertise. (laughs) No problem. Absolute pleasure. Lovely chatting with you.